HHW Show podcast returns January 5th with a new season, Road to the Royal Rumble. Hector, Frank, Jason, Ovi will be on the set with the latest news and takeaways. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and you can listen wherever you listen to your favorite podcast app. The Cross and Wrestling Entertainment Podcast presented by Clovercrest Media is what UAW fans have been looking for. Noah Cross and Tyler Bard give their take on every week's episode of Dynamite. If you are a massive AEW fan, then it is time to join us every Sunday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Stay Crossum. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Throwing Jabs Podcast. I'm your host, Big Jace, joined by my man, Joe Guire and Jared Jones. And we got a lot to talk about. A lot of current events, some fight announcements, a great who you got. And finally, we didn't get a re- we didn't get a preview of any fights last week. We finally get a preview of UFC Fight Night with Holloway and Kate. We'll get to that. Let's start off with the most breaking news. Just the other day, UFC announces that they and USADA, that's their the uh, United States Anti-Doping Agency, will no longer punish fighters for testing positive for marijuana. This is also coming on the heels of Nate Diaz, a prolific uh, pot smoker in UFC, saying he's coming back. Jared... I mean, you did a flurry about this uh, a couple, like a couple months ago. What do you think about the UFC taking marijuana, uh, taking the punishments away from fighters testing positive for marijuana? Well, this is a tough one to touch on, but uh, I think the punishment should fit the crimes, and uh, these this this hasn't fit for quite some time. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's personal opinion anymore that it's, uh, that it's medicinal uses are, are, can be positive. And, um, and it, I, I don't think we should be able to on a, on a person to person level when it comes to companies, I mean, individual companies one at a time to, um, differentiate between these things, I mean, aspirin is a very, very dangerous drug. Caffeine is a very dangerous drug. Nicotine is a very dangerous drug. Um, more dangerous than several illegal drugs. Um, seven out of 11 full-blown dope fiends started with a prescription from a doctor for an injury. So legal and illegal drugs and the dangers that accompany them i think it's i think it's relative and uh marijuana has been our first one of our first uh real kicks to figure that out i like it i like it i don't think you should be able to pull rank on something like that that's legal for some people or in most areas and say you know not in my house is it a size ufc like a sovereign nation or something I don't know about. I like I like it. I think it's a good idea. Don't forget Bruce Lee died from aspirin. They say marijuana is a gateway drug. And in this case, I, I hope it is. I hope other sports decide to follow uh, the lead here and start banning uh, or, or stop banning marijuana. I mean, it, it's so stupid. It's not a performance-enhancing drug. If you're going to let guys drink, what's the difference? Uh, there, there's no harm in this. Obviously, this is a, a day to be celebrated. If you're John Jones or a Diaz brother, um, this is what you've always wanted. <laughs> this is this is what you're gonna get. I think this is great. I mean, look, these guys have enough to worry about taking care of their bodies. For anybody who doesn't smoke pot, let me tell you something. I, I have a friend of mine who was uh, a well-known major league baseball player. And since I'm going to quote him, I'll leave his name out of it, but he played for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, he told me probably 70% of baseball players definitely smoke pot. And how could they not? 
I mean, imagine throwing 120 pitches in a baseball game or 35 carries in a football game or to go five rounds um, with Nate Diaz. You're going to want to smoke a joint before you go to bed that night. Uh, no, no doubt about it. I mean, the, the, what these guys put themselves through, I think you'd rather have this than the bad drugs, you know, painkillers and opiates that, that people get addicted to, um, good move by the UFC and, and the USADA. I mean, it's, it's weed. If you, if you find that, uh, a guy's got a problem, get him some help. Probably a bag of Doritos. <laughs> you know, when you say gateway drugs, studies suggest that even people uh, people who smoke marijuana, most of them, the vast majority, don't even continue smoking marijuana. So to call it a gateway drug, that's never been a real accurate uh, assessment. Yeah. And uh, also, I mean, it's great moving forward. This is a step in the right direction. But also, you, you got to look at the past. I mean, there's people like uh, Cynthia, uh, Cynthia Calvillo. She she had to take some time off for testing positive for marijuana. There's also Matt Riddle, who is now a WWE superstar. He, he had fights overturned in the UFC because he tested positive for marijuana. And he left the UFC because he kept he, – he got dropped from the UFC because he kept testing positive for marijuana. He was eight and three in the UFC, but because he kept testing positive, they dropped him. They figured he was a a, a, a risk or he wasn't worth the worth all the the trouble. And now he's succeeding in in uh, WWE. So like, it, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, it's affected a lot of people, and now it's good to know it's not going to affect other people like this. But, uh, I mean, it, it, you still got to look back and see how it has harmed other people th the prior. Well, Lanola, I mean, this this isn't, this isn't any anything combat sport related, but I agree with that, Jace. If you go change all the rules and grandfather it in, um, what about all the people that are in prison for, for petty crimes based on this drug? I mean... Like you're saying, there's people that have been punished for this rule that you're now saying, oh, well, we're going to change the rule. What what then happens to those punishments? What then happens to the, you know, lifetime bans for marijuana or, like I said, individuals in prison for marijuana charges that are doing things that would currently be considered legal? Well, since states started legalizing marijuana, I certainly don't think we've seen a great push to get those convicted of marijuana crimes out of jail. Um, so I think, I mean, that look, that's a conversation for another show at another time for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, an interesting topic, no doubt. I think one we're all pretty passionate about, um, which is great. I, I would say this though, Jace, a guy that tests positive for marijuana after every single fight or before fights, knowing a test is coming, seems like a guy who's got a lack of discipline. And I don't know that he was necessarily thrown out because of the marijuana tests. It's the same thing. If you keep missing weight, ask your buddy, Anthony Johnson, how that works out. If, if you can't be disciplined enough to follow the basic rules you know, you could certainly smoke pot outside of when you're going to be tested for fighting. I'm sure guys do it all. I mean, how has John Jones been around this long? So, um, yeah, well, and that by definition, Joe, is a drug problem. Now, if you're signed on to something and not supposed to do that and then do it, regardless of the the uh, uh, the drug, the harmfulness of the drug, regardless of the dangers, um, that's a drug problem. By definition, that I you know that's that's identifies a drug problem because no. you knew. Yeah. That. I, Same way Anthony Joshua has a weight problem. You knew the scale was coming. <laughs> Make the adjustment. The, I, I get what you're saying, Joe, but then also you do have these guys like Nate Diaz who, I mean, this rule was brought up because he wanted to fight again, and then they you saw to already has a Nate Diaz rule because after after fights that they'd have to wait to get tested for get get retested for the the, the piss test blood test to figure out what what's in their system 
Nate Diaz would go from that fight, go get 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 high, hit his pen in the back, and mess everything up. And he'd take fines and everything from that. The, 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 they're changing the rule for him, but then this guy, I, he only had a couple fights in the UFC, Matt Riddle, but it, it's a similar situation as Nate Diaz. I mean, I don't understand why we're, we're going to hold it. Nate Diaz, I understand Nate Diaz has had a lot of success, but Matt Riddle, he, he's coming up. He had success in the UFC, but we're going to change the rules for someone like Nate Diaz time and time again when there's other guys who are working just as hard and have just as much success. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm just it, – it's upsetting. By the way, I thought this was really funny. Um, my daughter posted this when I mentioned Bruce Lee. That is from the epic rap battle of history. You can't be too tough. You were killed by an aspirin. First, I thought my daughter was condemning marijuana in the comment section, and now I realize she was just being funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's great. That's great. But let's move on to a big, big fight card coming up in the future in March. UFC 259. We talked a little bit about it last week. It was... I mean, we, we talked about this fight last week, getting moved to this card. But this card is super stacked. We don't just got Jan versus Sterling. We also got the rescheduling of Nunez and Anderson. And also the main event, the super fight, Jan Blackowitz versus Israel Adesanya. Jared, my question to you, this super stacked UFC pay-per-view, out of these three title fights, which one is the fight to watch? Which one's going to be the fight of the night? Oh, I, I mean, I, this one's got fight of the year potential. Giannis Sterling, all day. I picked them both up for fighter of the year, and they're fighting each other in January. So this is fight of the night, potential fight of the year. Um. I think it's a no-brainer. I, I like Adesanya to beat Blagowicz, and um, and I think he's the better and more skilled of the two fighter and makes for much more exciting fights in the future. So I really, really will want Adesanya to win. I don't think anybody's picking Anderson. And uh, that last fight, I might flip a coin. That's going to be so exciting, man. Yeah, Jan versus Sterling I'll take as the... Uh, Fight of the night, and I think it's a no-brainer. I don't think the I don't think those other fights are really close. Either Adesanya is going to be too small, or he's going to be too skilled. And either way, it does not like like this fight where you just can't pick a ah, man. It's hard to pick a dog in this Jan Sterling fight. That's the one. That's the one right there. You can only watch one fight this weekend. Peter Jan Aljamain Sterling. Watch that one. My thought is anytime Israel Adesanya is in the ring, man, it's the fight of the night. Uh, and, and this fight with Jan Blackwood has fair. major implications, not only for the light heavyweights, the heavyweights, and the middleweight division. The winner of this fight, and the result, I should say, this fight, determines where John Jones fights this year, whether Adesanya can, can stay at lightweight, and, and or whether Blackwood is the real deal. So I, I think that this fight literally changes the landscape of the UFC. Now, if you mean fight of the night in terms of who's going to be better, then um, if I if I had to guess, I would probably say Jan Sterling is going to be the physical, literal fight of the night. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I think there's a dog in those other fights. Yeah. I think Nunes and, uh, and uh, Adesanya are the dogs in those fights. Oh, big time. Uh, the, the new nice fight's going to be cute. That's going to be a fun if you want to watch somebody get beat up real quick. Um, Remember Katie Taylor's last fight? Yeah. It's kind of. It's going to be just like that. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, I am excited. I, I It's funny. When you when you said uh, that both of your guys are fighting, I thought, well, one of your guys is instantly out, by the way, for fighter of the year. Probably has an L out. I mean, he's done. A draw, and you're down to three guys left, bro. 
You're, okay. I, I know. I know you're hoping that God, if this comes down to a decision that uh, that somebody takes it unanimously, Anderson <laughs> could make it two out of five, couldn't she? Couldn't Anderson yeah. make it two out of five? Oh, Imagine. Wow. <laughs> I'd be right down. January, I'm down to two. Oh man, that would be right. This big. That's this is this might be the fight of the year for you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, and does a loss and eliminate you from that? Probably. Does a loss eliminate you from Kip? Probably. Has, has anybody gonna... ever won Fighter of the Year with a loss? Do we get a phony friend? Tony? That's a, there you go. Tony, <laughs> uh, uh, I know he's watching. Uh, has anybody ever <laughs> been Fighter of the Year with a loss? <laughs> I, must, I imagine someone probably has. I would imagine it would have been an epic battle. Um, oh, Loma came up last year. All right. Yeah. So we'll we'll see, but I, I think either way <laughs> you're in some trouble this weekend. <laughs> uh, yeah, you think so? I think the I think and there may a be a bit. rematch. Those guys go one and one, you know. Uh this uh Jace was talking about a trilogy this year as not being outside of the realm of possibility, you know. A guy wins two of those. I don't know. It's not outside, it's not, you know. Well, that's I'm my thought. I, I definitely think, um, yeah, Tony makes a good point. You need a far more significant win to counter the loss. So, But then again, if you lose yeah. a fight, are, are you exactly going to be next in line for a fight with someone even better than the guy you just lost to? Probably not. Yeah. So, interesting, though. Interesting the way this will play out. This is going to be a, a, a good night of fighting. That is uh, 100% for sure. Excited about all those fights. Nice to see Nunez back in the ring. Hopefully, uh, she oh, yeah. dispatches uh, Anderson quickly and and then gets serious about who the next fight should be. I think we all know who it should and needs to be and would be best for the sport is is uh, her and Shevchenko. Let's do it for the sure. third time. I'd love it. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, before, before we move on, I want to mention a local fighter, Mike Williams. No, if you've heard of... Uh... Marvelous Mikewan Williams. He's East Hartford. He's 15 and 0. Um, one of the better up and coming fighters uh, locally. Fighting another 15 and 0 guy on Wednesday. So uh, they're both undefeated. And Mikewan, Mikey's my boy. Like I know him personally. I went, went to his debut. He turned 18 and uh, signed his pro contract on his 18th birthday. I think this is a little early for him. I'm almost hoping this video doesn't get out, um, but I'm not taking my friend in his fight on uh, on Wednesday. If I were forced to bet, I think I'm taking a uh, Salano. He's fighting a guy named Eve Salano, and uh, he's fought. Uh, Salano's fought better competition, a little bit better competition, has a little bit better knockout rate. And it just looks like one of those fights. So uh, I hope he can pull it out. I'll be rooting for him. But uh, if you're uh, if you if you won 15 bets on Mikey, this might be the time not to uh, not to put it down on him. Uh, so we lost Jace. His, uh, apparently his computer crashed. So uh, with that in mind, we'll wait for the big guy. It was to get so back. hard to notice, Joe. Yeah, yeah, right. It was weird. Out like a ninja. Uh, another big <laughs> another big fight announcement. I'm very excited for this one. Uh, March 13th, UFC fight, Leon Edwards and Cosmo Chiambev. Everybody's talking about this guy. <laughs> well, Dana White's talking about this guy. I wish Jace was here because... <clears throat> Jace is, is convinced, and, and, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but there's uh, there's going to be some kind of announcement today from Dana White regarding his conversations with Khabib. And we know how badly he wants Khabib back. And by all accounts, Chemaev is the next Khabib. That's all we've been hearing about this guy. Leon Edwards is a banger. This is going to be a great fight. And again... I, I think I think Edwards Chemaev has big implications for this division going forward. Oh yeah. I take Chemaev in this fight all day, I'll tell you that. That that's a that's an easy one. Um 
there's a there's a 50-50 specialist, a ground specialist, a heel hook guy named uh, Ryan Hall. He's amazing. He's on that undercard. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of I think he's a little one-dimensional. Roll around on the ground until I can get a hold of your foot. But uh he he he's he if there is a male Ronda Rousey, this is him. He specializes in a technique that is really hard to get away from. If he gets the right matchups, this Ryan Hall could, could be dangerous in the future. And he's on that undercard. It's well, I, I'll tell you what, it's gonna be that's gonna be quite a night. Uh, Leon Edwards, um, a, a little underrated, number three in the welterweight division, uh, wins over Cowboy Cerrone, Rafael dos Santos. He did lost to Kamaru Usman five years ago. Um, no shame in that. No shame in that. Uh, didn't get knocked out though. So I mean, for Rocky, he missed most of last year. He did. He's coming off a, a, a positive. COVID test, uh, as is Chemaev. Um, but this guy's a banger, dude. 18 wins, nine, nine knockouts in his 21 fights. Like I said, out of action for a while. But then again, Chemaev also uh, uh, just just uh, recovered from COVID. So I think that, again, we, we saw that, I think, in the Campbell-Garcia fight uh, a couple weekends ago where I didn't think Campbell had enough power. I don't think he recovered enough from the COVID to really be effective. Edwards, a great all-around fighter, but uh, Chemayev, I don't know if you saw the knockout of Gerald Mershart. 17 seconds, one punch, and he dropped him. And the best part was Mershart in the presser was like, I'm going to beat the crap out of you. When you walk out of the ring, He's like, you're going to need till October to recover. You're going to get such a beating. And a few days before, he did a video in his car, and he's like, if there's any chance I happen to walk out with a loss that night, I promise you, he's going to walk out of there, and, and, and he's going to have all sorts of damage. One punch, and he dropped him cold. So this guy's got, he's got the Khabib wrestling, very elite wrestler Chemayev is. Does the the leg hooks that the handcuff lock? But he is a much better striker with, than Khabib was. In his nine fights, he's got six knockouts. He was the 2020 Breakout Fighter of the Year, and and I'll tell you, while while uh, Edwards could certainly wrestle, he's going to get out wrestled and he's going to get out striked by Chamayev, and I just don't see any way for him to win this fight. Some devastating punches by uh, Chemayev has such such power. Um, I, I I I I I've heard it said from Dana. Uh, also, Alexander Volkanovsky called him the best guy he's trained with. They're saying this guy's the future of the UFC. I mean, this guy's got this guy's going to overwhelm Edwards because I don't. I mean, Edwards again couple of a couple of nice wins on his on his record and again a win here probably puts him in line for a shot at Usman again a but loss, he, I don't think he doesn't have the skill set to be competitive no. in this fight I don't think, I don't think at all so I you know I've been watching a lot of Edwards this week um it's an exciting fighter you know he reminds me he reminds me of Uriah Hall a bit um where I mean, a lot of knees, a lot of kicks, a lot of action, constantly moving, some highlight reel moves. Then that doesn't strike you. He doesn't strike you as an elite guy. No, uh, and he's, no, no, and he's been, no, above average. Yeah, and he's been out but. of action for a while, and you know, when out of sight, out of mind, they actually had to uh, uh, re-enter him into the rankings for this fight. He had actually dropped out of the rankings for inactivity. Controlling um, the narrative. Sure, and gets and and again, this is classic Dana, right? He pencils this guy into number three. It's a big win. <laughs> he yeah. didn't put him in at number seven or five, three. And he didn't win anything. Yeah, the three. Yeah, he hasn't fought so, in a uh, year. Number three. Had you? Did you? Uh, do you know Ryan Hall? He won the yeah. uh, Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. 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 Um. So he lost his very first fight, eight and one, 
Last four fights, Artem Labov, Gray Maynard, BJ Penn, Darren Elkins. And he's fighting Dan Edge on the undercard. So this this is this this kid's worth watching. And Chim Chimiev is gonna uh this is this is not a close fight. This is not Edwards is going to lose this by by a lot. I, I bet I bet the Vegas odds will be big and they will be right to be big because uh this is this is a mismatch. Is yeah. Match. Yeah. Um I've already got it laid out. It reminded head. me of boxing with that third rank. Sorry to interrupt. That's all right. Man, it's like the IBF or the WBO putting somebody up. Oh, here's your number one contender. And it's some Yugoslavian with 14 fights that nobody's ever heard of that box rank has at 286. Leon Edwards isn't that bad. But that's what Dana kind of reminded me of. You're controlling the narrative with the numbers. That's not fair to anybody. The fighters, the the, you know, who's four, five, and six on that list? I'm not looking to look them up right now, but I'll tell you what, that's offensive. I bet if you tell me that. four, five, and six on that list, it's offensive. Oh, you know, we we Jason and I obviously do uh uh all four downs of college football show, and I mean. You know, Ohio State showed up middle of the season and they were like, they're number five. <laughs> really? There's teams that are like, hey, <laughs> no, how did you determine that they're just instantly like, what? Can't do that. Uh, it is disrespectful. Um, and it caused a great deal of controversy. So, you know, ah, I don't like it. Hey, good one, Tony. Yep. When Wilder was the champ, WBC didn't rank Joshua. Gold medalist heavyweight comes out. He's so got to be top 10. for. I mean, the, whoever comes out in that class with the gold medal every four years ought to be ranked in the top 10, 20 guys. You have, you have Anthony Joshua unranked, and he'd been around a while. That, that was, yeah, uh, controlling the narrative. Yep. So some good news. Jace isn't coming back. Uh, he's had a catastrophic <laughs> failure on his computer. Um, and I only say that because I told Jace Antifa. Wednesday, I told him on Thursday, and I told him again this morning that um, for his who you got, I was going to tear into him something fierce. His what is more likely to happen in 2021, Jared, and I'll have you go first, and I'll still scream into the microphone as if he was here. Number one. Joshua versus Fury, which, as you know, has basically been agreed to uh, Crawford versus Spence or because he can't help beating this drum over and over again. Khabib comes out of retirement. I'm taking Joshua Fury as the one I'd like to see and the one most likely to happen. Like you said, they're already in in negotiations. I maintain that Crawford and Spence is a mismatch. And um, honestly, I would lose some respect for a UFC fighter that I have more respect for than most, if not all other UFC fighters, if Khabib comes out of retirement. I don't want to see that. I, I want to see it as a fan, but based on what he said and the fact that I would lose a minimal amount of respect for the, the not knowing that. You had to know that at the time, you know? There was a time when I was an alcoholic and I stopped telling people I was going to quit drinking. I knew. No, I'd seen too many people do it and I'd done it too many times myself to keep saying it. I'm just going to stop saying that. A little breaking news courtesy of Jace, who I assume is doing this on his phone. <laughs> Alexander <laughs> Volkanovsky and Brian Ortega at UFC 260 has been announced. So we, we could definitely leave that one out of the uh, who you got uh, as far as which are most likely to happen. Um, we'll start off with Joshua Fury. Uh, again, We're it's it's a matter of booking a, a place and a date at this point. Uh, it's all basically been agreed to, which I told Jace. So it's definitely going to happen. I just don't have a time and date to tell you about it yet. But in a coming episode, we'll feed in on that. Crawford versus Spence. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen because Al Heyman and Bob Arum don't like each other. 
And Iram doesn't seem to like Bud very much. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't see this fight happening. Nobody seems to think Bud Crawford's a draw, which sounds like such a joke to me that uh, it's clear, again, that Spence doesn't want to fight Crawford. And I can't say as I blame him. And then finally, Khabib coming out of retirement. Before the show started, Jay said to me, we're the only we're the only combat sports podcast that doesn't believe Khabib is coming out of retirement. And I said, well, we'll be the only ones that are right. Dana White is going to have a press conference today where he's going to reveal some of the uh, implications that have come out of his conversations with Khabib Nurmagomedov. That doesn't sound like an announcement that he's coming back. He's been very clear that he gave his mother his word that he would only do this last fight without father. He's not coming back. Dana doesn't have the money mm. that I think it would take to get Khabib Yeah, he used to that. <laughs> That's what is, I think. He is not used to that. Dana White is not used to be, not being able to buy himself into or out of something. Yeah, and uh, and that's kind of what I was saying about losing respect for him. It's not that I would be like, oh well, you know, I'm boycotting his fights or something. Like it's it's a minimal amount of respect, but it's a guy that never gave me a reason to lose respect for him in the past. He never missed weight. He never messed with drugs. He never had a competitive fight. Um, so I have no reason to believe when he says I'm not fighting anymore. What evidence in his character would lead me to believe he'd go back on that? He said that real serious. Like, when he said it, I believed him. When Sugar Ray said it the first, second, seventh, eighth, ninth time, I didn't believe it. I knew he was full of it. Told me a lot of things that weren't true. Yeah, I'll tell you what. If I'm Khabib, I would tell Dana, you want me to come back and finish 30 and 0? It'll cost you $30 million. Million for each a million per, per win I had. That's that's what you get. You want one more? Give me give me a million for each of the 29 you already got. I I, I really, I mean, again, I, I think for, uh, and the idea that well, all the other MMA podcasts, I don't really care. I, I mean, I think, and you and I have talked about this with my brother extensively, these guys from Russia are a different breed. And, and while often vilified in the media, like they're all bad guys or whatever, I think everyone can see that Khabib's a good dude. Mm. Most of these guys are good dudes. They're respectful. They're they're the shit talking is always great. I will eat you in street fight. I will smash your boy. I will break you. Nothing that they say is ever really like, ooh, it's like, oh, did he just say he's gonna smash your boy? I don't even know what that means. They're respectful. <laughs> They understand the greater significance of the sport. They're not just about themselves. They have respect for uh, their families. They have respect for their religion and their traditions. And again, I've said this over and over to people. Khabib's not Brett Favre. <laughs> you know, we've seen a lot of guys do the, I retired. I'm back. I retire. I'm back. Guess You're not going to. Yeah, you're not going to get that with Khabib Nurmagomedov, and uh, I, I think strike me as a character. I think people are going to be really disappointed in that. Khabib's made plenty of money. He lives on a goat farm in like Dakistan. He's got. He doesn't need another dollar in his life, dude. He's got to be. He's got to be the richest guy there by a lot. You know what I mean? What does he need? What could he possibly need that Dana could give him? And I think that's what this boils down to. The answer is nothing except for he'd have to go back on, on his word to his mother. And I don't know how you guys generally do, but you make a promise to your mom, especially when your dad just died, you're probably going to keep that at least as long as she's alive. So as yeah. long as Mama Nurmagomedov is alive, Khabib will not be in an octagon. No. Maybe 20, 30 years from now, he fights Mike Tyson on a, on a Jake Paul undercard. But for now, I'd watch that. All right, all right. My, my computer's fixed. I, I can talk now. Funny, no, we already finished. Who you got? Yeah, we funny, we funny. We no, right no, we did not. No, we did not. We did not. Moving right along. 
3 o'clock today on ABC, tune in because Khabib's announcing he's not retiring. If he, if he did say he was retiring, why would he do this whole thing on ABC? They take that moment where you're in the ring, you're saying you're going to get you, – you, you just beat Gaethje and, and you got your gloves. Hey, you, you remember when Have the Klitschko brothers moment. fought? Do you remember when the Klitschko brothers fought? Do you remember hey, that you fight? Hey, remember when Dana? Hey, even better. Do you remember when Dana White fought Tito Ortiz? Do you remember when Dana White fought Tito Ortiz? Oh wait, it was a huge publicity stunt. They cut weight. They brought cameras all around for weeks. They televised it as if they were going to fight. You watched the whole thing and realized about fifty-two minutes in, they don't have time for a fight. Tito's not showing up some kind of contractual thing that they didn't tell us about till after they aired the show. Why did this guy throw T-shirts and sodas at, at, at McGregor's trainer? Same reason they're going to have Khabib on TV. I'm not saying you're definitely not right. I'm just saying there's reasons to do it, whether you are or not. That, that's not the only reason to hold okay. that press conference. Right. Dana's been flapping his gums, and I'm sure Khabib's like, dude, Shut your mouth or it'll definitely never, ever, ever happen. Like you're pissing me off now and you're disrespecting my name and the promise I made to my mother. So, yeah, this might be just as much damage control, Jace, or just plain up a publicity stunt to be like, well, Khabib said maybe someday in 2023, him and George St. I mean, I, I, I promise you, if this was the decision, it wouldn't be happening at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. What else is that? I mean, that what what time is that in Dagestan? That, that's prime time in Dagestan. <laughs> prime time in Dagestan. Oh my God! You think all the sheep herders are gathering around the one TV in town for the huge announcement? Our boy is going back to America. No. No, this is this Lady is gonna be and gentlemen. <laughs> I, I, I'll bet you, I'll bet you today at three o'clock. Here's what's gonna happen. Dana's gonna tell you he had a heart to heart with Khabib, and Khabib really does want to fight again. But there's that stupid promise to his mom thing, so we're waiting for her to kick the bucket. And then he's gonna talk about Chamaya <laughs> for the rest of the uh, presser and tell you how if we can't get Khabib, this guy's close. That's pretty much, I think, how it's going to go today at three. But, Jace, if you want to sit there and have your little heart break, then knock yourself out. But you're in for, I think, a world of disappointment today. Okay. All right. We will see. We will see. But let's move on. Oh, by the <laughs> way, with the Klitschko's, they had promised their mother after their, died, their dad died from cancer related to Chernobyl that they would never fight. How'd that go? I'm done. No, the computer crashed again. I think he's oh, faking. Really I think he's I think faking. He's, fa <laughs> he's holding his breath. He's like, very, I'm just not going to move. We'll just move <laughs> on. <laughs> My bad. Okay. I, I am actually a computer. So screw you, Joe. Now let's move on to, to tonight. <laughs> you have to fight night. Max Holloway. Versus Calvin Hader. I actually had a big, big conversation. Shout out to my boy, Zach Rinaldi. Uh, I, I had a big conversation with him about this and about Max Holloway and how he's uh... – I'm sure whatever he's saying right now is wrong. <laughs> this guy's nickname is Events 2, by the way. Events 2. Calvin, events to cater. Um, Max oh my God, Holloway. 28, I believe. Take my word for it. This is the next Tony Ferguson. Max Holloway, 29 years old. It's the next Tony Ferguson. He had two knockdown, drag-out fights. Uh, I'm taking Qatar in the upset here. Um, it's probably a coin toss, but I think it's all downhill from, hill from here for Max Holloway. Really? Oh, wow. Yes. Interesting. First of all, let me say this. This fight is on ABC in front of a national audience. And, Jared, I think you'll agree. I think you're going to catch a lot more casual fight fans in this one. Yep. And I don't think you could have put two better guys 
into this situation for the casual fight fans. Uh, I think this thing goes five. I think this thing features about a thousand strikes combined. Uh, Holloway, 21 and six, 10 knockouts, nine submissions, number one contender at featherweight. Uh, mind you, of course, lost to Alexander Volkanovsky. Uh, and, and interesting, Jared, if you watch those fights, especially in the second fight, I, you've never seen Max Holloway so um, hesitant in, 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 in coming out a guy because Alexander the Great had taken him down so many times at will in that first fight that Max was just so seemed so unsure of himself. A different fighter, and yeah. That is not the Max Holloway anybody knows. Uh, Qatar uh, is 22 and 4, 11 KOs, nine submissions. You very similar guys, very similar guys, uh, in, in, in their style and the way they fight. The difference here is Max Holloway doesn't have to worry about takedowns. Calvin doesn't wrestle, he doesn't like to go down to the ground. That means these two guys are going to stand in the pocket and bang it out for five rounds. I Neither guy's ever been knocked out in UFC. So if I had to guess, I think the fans on ABC watching maybe their first MMA fight ever are going to see two guys absolutely destroy each other. And I think what will amaze them is the fact that neither guy will go down and be completely knocked out. I think that's going to be the shocking thing. To find. I don't think they'll understand how that's even humanly possible. Great, great fight. But Holloway is at that point in his career. Let me give you a name. Justin Gagey, one of the greatest we have at the top of his game right now. I don't ever see him adjusting. Do you see him kind of his submission game getting better? No, he's always going to be a chin first, hit me and I'll hit you back type of fighter. He's never going to be able to make the adjustment. And I hope he retires around 29, 30, because if he fights till he's 34, it's going to be a problem. Uh, Max Holloway is at that point in his career, that Chad Dawson moment. Are you going to adjust? You lost some of the things when you had when you were younger. Are you going to make the adjustment? You guys told me Tony Ferguson was going to make the adjustment. I didn't buy it. This is who I most liken Max Holloway to right now in his career is Tony Ferguson coming off this bat loss. When you see Max Holloway in this fight, he's not going to look like the same Max Holloway you've always seen. He's lost something, and I don't know if he's going to be able to make the adjustment. By the way, on the undercard, Carlos Condit and Matt Brown will be the warm-up fight to this. I mean, I'm telling you right now, if you're going to put this that thing on table. But this is... A, my brother and I were talking about this. What's the last thing a national TV audience of casual fans wants to see? Two guys wrestling around for four rounds. Nobody wants to watch. We do because we like it. We appreciate it. We, under, we understand what's happening. And, and the casual fight fan wouldn't understand that and wouldn't appreciate it and would think it was a little homoerotic that two guys are rolling around on top of each other with, with no rhyme or reason. My wife sees football as That's the guy. That's why we like it off. too, right? No, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> my, my wife's my wife explains football to me as the guys stand up, they hike the ball, and then everybody falls down. That's what my wife sees. If my wife were to watch um, uh, uh, Khabib, you know, wrestling around with, uh, I don't know, give me somebody, Anthony Johnson. Just kidding, Chase. My wife would not understand what was happening. She would That's be like, the same thing what? without the ball. What yeah, what is they're just on the ground laying on top of each other. What is this? That that wouldn't to see two guys just stand there for 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 25 minutes punching each other in the face over and over again. You're going to get a lot of those kind of fights today. Yeah. I'm telling you, you're going to see a lot of new a lot of new UFC fans coming off coming off of this. Yeah. Though this is for sure going to be a great fight. But um as I was talking about a little bit before before my internet Crap the bed again. Was uh Max Holloway's taking a lot, a lot of punishment. You look at him now, he, he does he, he does not look as young as he is. He looks like he's 35. It, it, he has had some miles on him. And I mean, he's he, he in his he had an interview with Ariel Hawani and he talked about uh, all, all the uh damage he's taken. And I mean, 
it, you talk about a new guy, like a new fighter facing um, how he's completely different. I mean, the damage adds up. Eventually it adds up. And, I mean, it, could that also be a part of the reason why he is not the same Max Holloway that we have seen in the past? Jared? It's a factor, for sure. Absolutely. Because they, they, I mean, and that's it. There, uh, there's um, wow. I found this um, uh, and during my scrub scrap studies, um, because they wanted to limit the number of fights for uh, when concussions and I mean all this uh, brain trauma research came out. They figured, oh, let's limit the number of fights or limit the age you can fight. And there was a doctor who came up with a, uh, basically like a mileage counter for fighters. So that if you get a certain kind, certain amount of miles on you in a certain amount of time or certain years or whatever, you know, that you wouldn't be allowed to fight based on the damage that you're sustaining to your physical body. Which I mean, it wasn't a horrible idea. And you can both probably understand why I ended up there with scrub scraps, trying to make it the safest uh, version of boxing that we possibly can. You know, we should have a way to keep track. Now, if you bring that doctor in and have him watch all of Max Holloway's fights, we got a problem. He should be done. No. And I think he is. I think he is, man. I'm no. telling you, I'm, I'm taking the upset here. I'll take guitar. The, he is the favorite in the fight. The Oh, no, I know. Take the upset. The only it. reason I'm not uh, – like, I agree with everything you're saying, Jerry. <laughs> like, Max Holloway, I mean, the, the epic moment, <laughs> the last couple seconds against him versus Ricardo y La Yamas, and he points to the middle of the ring, and then they just start brawling. But uh, uh, Max, from the interview, like I mentioned earlier with Ariel Hawan, he's making the right steps. No longer sparring in in training camp, not taking that extra damage. No longer he's taking more and more time between fights. Max, I mean, Jared, okay. he agreed with you. Oh, I hope wait. you're okay with I that. I mean, go back to when. But, uh, yeah, so, all right. Uh, I'm picking Max Holloway to get it done. My, my internet was just weird there. Again. Wait, so then you agree with me? Yes. We had to go through two super choppy, you freeze, you disappear, just so you could agree <laughs> with me. You should have just, just said that. Joe's right. Would have saved you the time and the energy. <laughs> all right. Well, whatever, Joe. But we've come to the end of the show, and we're going to end the show like we always do. Jared, hit us with that flurry. Um, it's funny. This flurry's update the blueprint. It's funny. We're just talking about Tony Ferguson and Max Holloway and needing to adapt and adjust their skill set to their current point in their career, um, whether in their ability to do that. But I think the biggest problem we have as human beings is that the blueprint we built as children doesn't work anymore and we don't know how to change it when it doesn't work anymore. And the reason for that is from the very beginning, our brains develop with a priority of survival, not success or love or happiness, but survival. And we work our way through our lives trying first and foremost to survive from the very beginning. If a mother gives birth completely alone, by herself and dies during the process, the most likely scenario is that the newborn baby crawls up the mother and feeds from her breath, breast in order to survive. Just born, it will realize it's on its own and make the adjustment. But the brain of the baby will never be the same. In my eyes, the concept of resilience when it comes to human beings is an illusion because resilience is defined as the ability for something to bounce back to its original form after it's faced with trauma. And trauma changes you. There is no going back to your original form after faced with trauma. You make the adjustment. That baby adapted, adjusted, and will never be the same. But it doesn't have to be that extreme to affect your everyday life. 
It usually starts with a parent or caretaker. Maybe you had a, a verbally abusive parent who made you feel worthless for things like leaving the cap off the toothpaste or not finishing your vegetables. Maybe you had a physically abusive parent who conditioned you to believe your body had less value than it does. Or maybe you were abandoned by both parents and all of the people inherently responsible for taking care of you. And all of these things will manifest into your adult life. We carry those blueprints with us. Just like that little baby, you made the adjustment. And then in your adult lives, when the verbally abused person's significant other asks about leaving the cap off the toothpaste or says something like, honey, were you gonna finish your vegetables? You hear something completely different and defend yourself based on the old blueprint. When the physically abused gets cut off in traffic and reacts as if his or her life is being threatened, they're reacting in a way that makes perfect sense to them based on a blueprint they built as a child that was necessary to survive at the time. When the abandoned have someone show up a few minutes late to meet them, they personalize it no matter what the reasoning is. Unfortunately, verbally abused, physically abused, and abandoned makes up the majority of the world's population. If our generation has any intention on changing this, then it's time to leave the cap off the toothpaste, throw the vegetables in the garbage, just let the other driver go and understand that people are late sometimes. Otherwise, these trends will continue. Find a way to update the blueprint because during the next generation, we will be the parents, we will be the caretakers, and they will be drawing up blueprints of their own. Thanks. Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard. Looks like his computer's yeah, working. No, no. Yeah, my mic's muted. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, Jared, for that flurry. Uh, thank you uh, very much, Joe and Jared, for joining me. I apologize for my internet issues. Thank you, ever everyone, for listening and watching. Just a reminder that Throwing Jabs is part of the CMG Sports Podcast. Make sure you go to clovercrestmedia.com to check out one of 30 different podcasts you could check out. I mean, not just sports, travel, politics, anything, true crime, anything that you want to listen about, you, it's there for you. And if if there's a subject you, you want to do a podcast on, check it out. We'll help you get it started. So thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the fight tonight. And we will see you next week for more Throwing Jabs. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event.